So for this afternoon's uh, sit, I'd like to you know, give a guidance about the four foundations of mindfulness. And just, this is like a, an overview, you could say. And uh, the last of the four foundations of mindfulness is, is the foundation of Dhammas. Dhamma with a lowercase d, meaning um, specific mental qualities or categories of experience or categories of phenomena which we can recognize in the mind. And it's not about thinking about these categories or frameworks, but it's rather using those and then, you know, seeing what's happening in the mind and then through those frameworks being able to identify what the experience is. Is it, you know, is there a hindrance in the mind in the moment or is there a factor of enlightenment? So it's not something you know to think about, but it's something to apply in the present moment. As I said, you know, earlier on that the Buddha's teaching is is prescriptive, not descriptive. It gives us different frameworks, you know, to guide us to look at our experience in a certain way. Not kind of getting lost in speculating about those frameworks, you know what they are and comparing them with other frameworks and so on and so forth. We could do that endlessly. And this is why there are so many books written about spiritual practice. But then if we don't apply it, it's not going to have much benefit. It's not going to bring much benefit. So, you know, those four foundations of mindfulness are all about applying them, using them as pointers pointing the way, then if we don't look where the pointer points, we're not going to benefit from the pointer. Then there's no point to the pointer. So it's really important to not get stuck on getting too fascinated with the pointers themselves. And, you know, the last of the four foundations of mindfulness the foundation of the Dhammas, you know, essentially it's about the hindrances and the seven factors of enlightenment. You know, to just look in the mind and see what is there. Is there a hindrance? And if there is no hindrance, then uh, factors of enlightenment are present. And to just recognize it, because it's really important to recognize if the mind is free from the hindrances. If we give attention to that, that strengthens our connection to, to that. It's the same, you know, if you look at a, it has been scientifically proved, you know, if you look with love and admiration at a, at a plant, a pot plant in your house, it's gonna kind of become more beautiful. Or, you know, if you give love and uh, attention to a child, the child will flourish. If we don't give that, the child will not flourish. So that's a very important um, law of nature to respect, you know, to really give attention to that which we want to cultivate and not giving attention to that which we do not want to cultivate.
and this framework uh, of the fourth foundation of mindfulness is a, a skillful means we can take and apply to our practice. And I just want to now try you know, to guide you through the, all the four foundations just in order to give an overview and we are starting with the main practice which is simply just being aware of the body breathing in and breathing out in the sense of you know that there is a body like a spacious awareness just you know looking at it as a, as the scriptures say you know like uh, looking at a bag of grains and saying there is wheat, there is barley, there is rice. There's not a lot of excitement about that. It's just what it is. Or another example is in the scriptures, uh, a sh like a, herd, a herder who has a herd of cows or sheep and he just looks at them in a relaxed way because there's no crops to, around it so that he doesn't need to be you know, on his... You know, he doesn't need to prevent them from straying into the crops and getting into trouble. He just, it's after the harvest and there's nothing there. So he can just let them go, but he doesn't let them, you know, run away either. It's just a relaxed awareness. Body sitting and breathing in and breathing out, that's the main practice. And then, you know, from that main practice we can for a certain time, apply this or that framework from within the four foundations. So just for a few minutes, just being aware of the body. As a whole. And then we just can either, you know, scan the body according to the anatomical parts, which I gave a guidance a few days ago, just simply skin, flesh and bones. Or we can scan the body according to the four elements. And that gives us, you know, an insight into the... fact, you know, that this body is just a part of nature, nothing special. It's come together temporarily. It gives us an insight into impermanence and it, you know, it adds to a disidentification with this body being me or being mine, the contemplation of the elements and looking at the body parts, you know, brings it home that the skin, flesh and bones in themselves are neither beautiful nor 
ugly, they are just that. It also helps, you know, to disidentify, and it also helps with lessening um, desire. Just what are you desiring, the skin, the flesh or the bones? It doesn't, you know, take away anything, but it just gives a different viewpoint, which helps us to balance, to come more into the middle. So just, I just want to do the anatomical parts now. So starting on the top of the head, And just becoming aware of skin. This tingling feeling. Sensations. Where the skin, you know, meets the air. I suppose you can feel, because the air is a bit cold. And then just skin of the head. Stretching all over the face. Maybe you feel a bit of you know, difference at the lips. And skin of the neck. Both shoulders. This can be done either really fast or slow. That's you know that's up to you. Then the both upper arms. It's just a way you know to help us to come into the body. Lower arms and hands and skin. Torso, the hips, upper legs, lower legs, and feet. Skin. And then we look at the flesh, feet, the flesh, the lower legs. legs, the hips, the torso, the 
the shoulders. arms lower arms and the hands neck the flesh of the head and then we become aware of the bones the big bone of the skull in the head It's neither ugly nor beautiful, it's just a skull. The neck, the vertebrae is there. And then the bones in the torso. And the shoulders, there's the spine and the ribcage, lots of bones. The upper arms. lower arms and the hands, lots of little bones and you probably notice if you turn the mind towards you're almost like in a flash and we become conscious and then it subsides again into the background through the practice you know that becomes more apparent through exercising that. And then the bone and the hips. The upper legs, big bones. Lower legs. And the feet, lots of little bones. And then we sweep one more time back up and just seeing all three at once. The feet, skin, flesh and bones. And then the lower legs, skin, flesh and bones.
upper legs, skin, flesh and bones. It's a very kind of cooling practice. Just being with the way things are, the hips, skin, flesh and bones. Torso. Shoulders. Skin, flesh and bones. Lower arms. And the hands. Then the neck. Skin, flesh and bones. And the head. This was the anatomical parts, first foundation of mindfulness. And then we just go back again to the main practice, which is just body sitting and breathing in and breathing out for a short while. You probably can feel a difference that you are now much more in the body through this scanning exercise. So it you know, brings its supports concentration, but also it supports insight into the true nature of the body. It's both happening at the same time. If you feel a little bit tired, Take a deep breath and open your eyes after the meal. That's how it is. And then we do the next foundation, which is feeling. We can again start at the top of the head and then you're scanning down and identifying pleasant feeling the head neck Shoulders, arms, and hands. 
situação. Hips. Legs. And feet. Then we go up again and identifying unpleasant feeling. Legs, feet. Legs. Hips. Torso. Shoulders, arms, and hands. Feelings are constantly changing. It's what we can see when we do this exercise. And then we start again at the head and scanning down, identifying neutral feeling. Head. Neck. Shoulders, arms, and hands, torso, hips, legs. and feet. And then just feeling the whole body. Going back to the main practice. Feeling the whole body breathing in and breathing out again. Just the pure fact of having a body means you know that there's pain, there's constant changing feelings. Either very subtle, just feeling a little bit uncomfortable or a real strong pain. And everything in between. But the fact of having a body that's what's coming with a body. Pain. Bodily pain. 
And then we come to the next foundation, which is the third one, mind states, or chitta. You know, the mind is that which knows. The mind knows how the body feels, the mind knows skin, knows flesh, knows bones. So the mind is the knowing, has this knowing quality. But then, you know, the mind can be imbued with different other temporary qualities such as desire, anger or ignorance, delusion. And this um, so foundation of mindfulness is, you know, I as a child he said, I think yesterday, it's like the weather in the mind. So to basically look into the mind, seeing is there desire, is there ill will or anger, or is there distraction, delusion present? Just knowing that. So if the mind wanders off, for a short moment, you know, just by recognizing it, it usually comes back. Like, you know, you go down the road or you go down the street and a friend walks by and you just say hi and keep on walking. Or sometimes, you know, you get really hijacked into a whole kind of train of thought that's more like, you know, going into a coffee shop and sitting down for a cup of coffee and then, like, after 10 minutes, you're, oh, I have been kind of completely distracted with that. So that's a different severity of distraction. And just knowing what is present in the mind. And if there is just a clear mind, then enjoying that. Every time, you know, if the mind is not identified with any of those qualities of desire, ill will, or distraction, delusion, that's a glimpse of the liberated mind. Maybe for a moment, maybe for a minute. That's a glimpse of the goal, basically, a foretaste of the goal, of the practice. Just for a moment, tasting that, if there's no greed, hatred and delusion present, just tasting that uh, taste of liberation. That's, you know, a mind of an enlightened being would be constantly in that space. We can have a taste of it Every moment, if the mind is free from greed, hatred and delusion, we can have a taste. Sometimes you know, some teachers call it a little Nibbana. 
So we can have, we have that many, many times per day. If we wouldn't, we would all go crazy. But we need to pay attention to that. So there's a temporary taste. if the mind is not conditioned by any of those qualities such as greed, hatred and delusion, the mind is clear and unconditioned. It's wide open and spacious like the sky. And whenever, you know, greed, hatred or delusion appear like clouds and sometimes the sky is completely covered over by clouds for weeks on end. It can happen in San Francisco where we lived before. Didn't see the sky for months or two. But the sky was there. Just checking out the weather in the mind. And if there is no hindrance present, if there is no greed, hatred and delusion present, just enjoy that. And you know, becoming familiar with that, cultivating that. So that's the third foundation. Mindfulness of the mind. Chitano Pasana in Pali. So and then we just come back again to the main practice, which is body sitting and breathing in and breathing out. And then that which knows the body sitting breathing in and breathing out. So then we come to the fourth foundation, which is foundation of Dhammas, Dhammanupassana. 
So as I said before, this is you know, different frameworks we can use in order to investigate what's happening in the mind. So the first part of the Force Foundation is to just look into the mind and, and, and see if there's any of the hindrances present or not. Desire, ill will, doubt, restlessness and worry, or sloth and topper. Just noting it, if it's present or if it's, up, if it's absent. Both is important. Just checking it out, present or absent. You know, if it's if it's just a, a light manifestation of the hindrance, by noting it, it just might go away. If it's a more strong manifestation, we might have to apply an antidote. And if there's no hindrance present, then just being with the clear, crystal clear mind, which is a taste of Nibbana for a moment or two. Just a clear knowing. And if there's a hindrance present, then we can know that. So being the knowing rather than becoming a hindrance. Knowing the hindrance. if there's no hindrance present, enjoying the clear mind. And this is uh, really kind of savoring the joy as a, one of the seven factors of enlightenment. It's really necessary for the path. Without a certain amount of joy, we cannot keep on walking the path, it would be too difficult. The choice important fuel for the path, for the heart. And then just in order to recognize the seven factors of awakening, to connect with the joy and just tracing it back. How did that joy arise? How did that joy come about? There was mindfulness, but just paying attention to the body breathing. Then there was 
and a certain amount of investigation by really staying with the body breathing, energy, and joy. And then if we experience that and not getting carried away by the joy, it settles into tranquility. The mind becomes focused. And because there's no hindrance present, the mind is balanced and there's equipoise there, there's an equilibrium there, equanimity. And that's the seven factors of enlightenment. And you know, checking them out like this is just giving us that clear feedback. You know, we can do this practice. It's not so difficult, really. And if we you know, keep on coming back to this practice, according to its own laws, it will blossom in its own time. We don't have to pull at the petals of the flower. We just need to put the conditions into place, which means you know, sitting down and practicing and using those frameworks to identify what's going on and through that, you know, supporting the flowering by, you know, pointing the mind in the right direction. So it's possible enough for all of us to do this practice. It's not uh, rocket science, really. But we have to do it in order, you know, to really be able to connect with these innate qualities of the mind, because we all have those seven factors of enlightenment in, uh, at least in a dormant budding state. And we can, through paying attention, we can uh, cultivate them and strengthen them more and more. And that's what, you know, these uh, four foundations of mindfulness are all about, strengthening those innate qualities of the mind. And, you know, coaxing it towards flowering into what it can be. And what many, many of the enlightened beings before us have been managing to do. And we can do it also. But we don't know how long it's going to take. But never mind. Because we have, according to the Buddha's understanding, we have lots of lifetimes. So we need to hurry slowly. And we really need only to put the conditions into place, like, you know, growing a lovely flower. And let the flowering lifted up to the flower because the flower knows much better than you how to do flowering
So it's really all about coming back to the middle and using the framework as a guidance. And mindfulness and awareness is the main ingredient for this journey. So, you know, whenever you recognize you're clinging on to anything, just come back to the middle. Like when you're on a boat on a stream, when you're, you know, clinging to one of the banks, you're stuck. Just come back to the middle and then let the stream carry you. You don't need to do the carrying, you just do let it go of one of the banks and come back to the middle the banks of suppression and indulgence. And just let the stream take you. And if you can't let go, then just know you can't. That's also practice. Then we can just come back again to the main object, which is the body sitting and breathing in and breathing out. And whenever you sit down for practice, you can you know, do one of those practices I just was speaking about, or two, or the whole, the whole set, or just body breathing in and breathing out. It's just like a toolkit you can use as you please. this bad spacious awareness it doesn't enter the walls of this hole it just is just is there no boundaries. And then in the awareness, all of those different concepts and walls and boundaries, they arise and cease. And we can know them. And the four foundations of mindfulness give us different 
structures, you know, to investigate our experience in a skillful way, without getting carried away, holding on to those structures as a guidance. Using them as a support, not you know, getting carried away by thinking about them. Like using a, a cane for walking. You can just use it, you don't need to know every little thing about that cane. It's just a distraction. Just take it and walk. So for the last 10 minutes, we just come back either to the whole body, breathing in and breathing out, or any other practice you like to do. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.